0: no help, no support financially. And it was that July DE, between what I heard from Dr. Chuck and from Dr. Sid and all these other greats, Right, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. Now. Yeah. Okay. And it's amazing because of all those people that I named, he's still here. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chuck. <clears throat> and I found the calling also because another faculty member at Life University at that time, Dr. Larry Webster, who was the founder of the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association or (ICPA), he kind of took a liking to me when I was in school. And <clears throat> the first several years in practice, I was not really pediatric focused, but he and I kept in contact, and. In 1995, a little bit after this 93 thing, he talked to me and he said, Drew, I really think you need to think about where you're practicing and how you're practicing, like where your practice is going. I was very into, I'm a hockey player, so I wanted to to take care of athletes. That was my big thing. And he said, no, I think you really have to think about autism. Mm -hmm. And at the time autism was like not much. Right? It, was, it, was, it was starting to uptick, if you just look at the, at the statistic, but it was just, just this low level thing. And I was like, autism? Like you mentioned that like for a, a sentence or two in class that wasn't really big. He said, Drew, I'm telling you, we need more people out there studying things like autism and I want you to do it. And I'm so glad I listened to him because now my day is filled with taking care of kids on the spectrum. Now my day is filled with taking care of all kinds of kids. I'm a pediatric-focused chiropractor, and I want to relate the purpose, the giving, loving, lasting purpose that Dr. Sid and Dr. Chuck and all these others gave to us and how it works and how you listen. Because in chiropractic school, you're taught to touch. Everything's about touch, 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 it's your hands. And I'm telling you, you've got to pick up some other senses too while you're at school. You've got to learn to listen. And I don't just mean listening with your ears, but listening with your hands, (coughs) and listening with your eyes, and listening with your heart. Because there's another level of adjusting that you're going to learn, hopefully, by going through this program. And that is to listen to where the kids are. So, (coughs) for example, I had this little boy yesterday (coughs) running it every time he does he's two years old now. I started adjusting him when he was pregnant when he was his mom was pregnant with him. Now he's two years old. He comes running in every single time. Dr. Ruby, Dr. Ruby, Dr. Ruby, and he comes running in and he doesn't care who I'm with or whatever. He busts doors open with and he just comes in, just gives me this big old hug. And, and yesterday he says Dr. Ruby, love you, Doctor Ruby. Like BJ Palmer said, what greater joy. What greater joy could I have than a little munchkin like this to feel that love with me that with he has not because of who i am or how funny i am with him but because he knows that he's getting connected right he like these little kids that you've been adjusting for years and you and all of us they know there's something deeper because we listen in a different way right we're not just you can, it's very easy to be a chiropractor if you wanted to think about it this way. You just have a conveyor belt and go pachung, pachung, pachung. next. Pachung, pachung, pachung. I'm not a machine. right? I'm not a robot. And I can sense what these kids need. So, one of the most important things that I teach a lot, of, I, I teach at Life also, one of the most important things I teach our classes, especially the pediatric classes, is sometimes kids don't want to lie face down especially if they're on the spectrum. So you just do whatever you gotta do to get these kids adjusted. Like I'm uninterested in actually having every single baby and kid lie face down, even though that is a chiropractic bench and that is the purpose of this, but probably 50% of my kids don't lie face down and that's totally okay. So here's another kid who comes in and he's on the spectrum and I call him the little torpedo because what he does when he's on the bench is he does lie down, but then, and, and I'll do it. Let's say I'll adjust his atlas, and then he'll flip over, and then I'll have to. I'll look at his sacrum, and then he'll flip over, and I'll work on his cranium, and then he'll flip over, and he just he just flips and flips and flips and flips. <laughs> and you could you could say if you wanted to, if you didn't listen, if you didn't have a purpose, you could say, "Stop that! Hey, mom, hold him over here. Hey, intern, hold her over," here. and I'm just gonna boom, 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 and I'll just do my thing. But what I do is I listen and I say, okay, I'm gonna adapt my technique to him. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna put my technique on him. I'm gonna adapt it to him, how he wants to be adjusted. I don't care how he wants to be adjusted. You wanna go on the floor, you wanna play with some toys. You wanna sit, you wanna sit on mom's lap. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter to me, right? And here's the key thing. Here's a kid who's on the spectrum who kind of spent most of his time flapping like this. And after every adjustment, you know what he does? He hugs me. And his mom says, he doesn't hug anybody but my husband and I. You're the only other person he hugs. Why does he hug me? Because I love him and I get him. Do you think he goes to any other doctor's office and they get him? Do you think he goes to his ABA therapist and they get him? No, they say, sit down, shut up. This is what you're going to do. But in my office, I say, whatever you want and he knows that, and, and you can see he smiles every time he rolls over, he knows, he knows, he's, he's saying to him, his little brain, I'm getting one over on Dr. Urban again, I'm gonna turn and turn and turn, I'm gonna make him work for this, right? But that's okay, because I don't mind, because I speak his language, right? Be like, just because a child does not actually speak, like verbally speak, doesn't mean they don't speak. They have their own language. Children on the spectrum, the minimally speaking ones, have their own language. I speak his language. I speak autism. You need to learn that if you want to be a pediatric chiropractor. You need to learn how to speak autism. You need to learn how to speak ADHD. You need to learn how to speak dyslexia. You need to learn all these things because that's giving, loving, purpose. That's to give, to love, to serve, to do. That's what that is. And We have another child on the spectrum who comes in and he was... I, I don't know where this all started from, but he's going to probably be what they call a polymath. A polymath is someone who's like unbelievable with numbers. Mm-hmm. See, so he's four years old and his kid talks in numbers. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really say hi or have any kind of communications, but he talks in numbers. And t- I, don't ask me how this whole conversation started, but a couple of visits ago, all of a sudden, he's like, just, he's always saying, hey, two, four, six, eight, ten, nine, 12, four, 15, and he's just like always counting numbers, numbers. So one day he said two, and I said two. I put my fingers like this, and he's like ah, ha, ha, two. And I said yeah, and he goes four, and I go four, and I said now this is my brain, my linear brain, like this is the Drew lit, on the very linear thinking. So I said oh, wait, wait, what about three? He goes no, 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 two. Now I could have corrected him. No, two, three. That's how it works. That's the rules. Let's follow the rules, everybody. Two, three, four. You don't miss it, but he doesn't want to. He likes even numbers. That's. His thing. So he says two, and then he says four. And I go, okay, two, four. And he's hysterical laughing. I'm like, this is great. And I said, how about six? And he looks, because he probably never seen anybody do six like this, because you can't do six in the other way. I don't know how else you do it. But six, right? right? Six. And he's looking like, six, six. And then he goes, two. I'm like, now, I could have said, no, what about eight? Like, if you want to do things, let's do it the right way. If you want, let's do even numbers. Two, four, six, eight, ten. He didn't want that. He just wants to do two, four, six, so our entire conversation is two, four, six, and he laughs and laughs and laughs and laughs. Awesome. I speak his language. Mm-hmm. His language is numbers. He's gonna be a polymath. Fine. Thank God they find that out at this age, or four years old, that this is where he's at. Who knows? This, some, some kind of number-based career that he's gonna be doing something brilliant in, right? Isn't that amazing? That's, the, but the, the, the amazing thing is that we let him. Thank you. <laughs> Everything Not is meant practical. to happen the way it's supposed to happen. Right, that was supposed to happen. I look at that this is the, the grand design of everything and innate intelligence has its own ways right so the next little kid who comes in is a, ch- a child I've been adjusting since she was like three years old now she's like 12 and she comes in and she hands me she said Dr. Ma, I, I made you something I said oh really what'd you <clears> make <throat> and she she takes out this little origami thing and she says it's a crane and I'm looking at it and my linear thinking is going it's not a crane. <laughs> I don't know what this is. And then she says, it's a bird. Like, yes, it's a, yes, it is beautiful. This thank you so much. That is really, really, and it was absolutely amazing. I don't know how she folded this thing. Um, but isn't that amazing to think, like, she thinks, she, I've been just know her now for 10 years. She thinks so highly of me that before she even comes into the office, she's already folded this present for me. And then another kid comes in, and he says, "Doctor, here's my cookies. I went to chicken salad, chicken, chip whatever it's called. But, uh, but uh, chicken, chicken salad, chicken. Right? And the, you know the little cookies that are, they give you, these little pack of cookie things. I, I, yeah, chicken salad, chicken. Salad. Yeah. So she hands me. He hands me these cookies. He says, "I want you to have them. And I'm like, oh, right now." I'm gluten-free and dairy-free. I don't eat these things." Well, what am I going to say? right? Once again, am I listening? Yeah. No thanks, buddy. I don't eat that because I'm gluten-free and dairy-free. <laughs> right. What would he think? What would this eight-year-old kid think? Like, huh, right? He'd be upset. He'd, he'd get really mad at that. Right? I'm like, oh, thank you so much. That was so thoughtful of you. I really appreciate it. Give me a high-five, buddy. That's really nice. Thank you. right? Because I listen. I don't have, to, I, I don't need a teaching moment about, let me teach you what dairy theory is. He doesn't need to learn this right now, right? He needs to see the love that I have for him. He needs to see that I really care about him. He needs to see that I appreciate the gift. I appreciate that he, uh, he went out with his mom and his sister to eat and he saved his cookies for me. And that's what he wants me to see, right? Not what, not what the gift was, right? Not, not the exact contents of the gift, he's not thinking about that. He's just thinking, what can I do to give something to Dr. Rubin? And then I have a, my, the last one I'll talk about is this young lady who's 15, and <clears throat> I've been adjusting her since she was in her mom's womb, and now she's 15, and she said, Dr. Rubin, do you remember when I was seven years old and I said I wanted to work in your office? I mm-hmm. said, yeah. She said, I'm turning 15 soon. <laughs> I said, really? She said, yeah, so like this year maybe I could start working in your office. I can only work on Friday nights because nice. I'm, I'm in school late. But with that you still game on that? I'm like, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. Could you imagine, could you imagine someone thinking from the time they're these little babies that she that, and this is this is her big aspiration, right? That she's been thinking about. Like, I can't wait to be this age to work for Dr. Rubin, and now she's this age. And And so to follow someone like that (laughs) linearly and to know the love that we have poured into her and her family and it's because of the lasting purpose, right? It's because in that July 1993 DE, Dr. Sid and Dr. Chuck and all the others were pouring stuff. Now there was an audience of like 3,000 people there, but they were pouring it into me, Mm right? Right? that DE was for me. And I talk about that July 1993 meeting all the time because that was life-changing. Right. Right. That was life-changing for me. So Dr. Sid, I know he was talking to everybody, but he was looking at me when he was talking. Dr. Chuck was looking at me. Dr. Sigafoos, Dr. Santo, they're all looking at me because they knew I needed to hear that message. Maybe you're here tonight because you need to hear the messages that everybody is saying tonight. And that's what I have to say. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Does everybody sign the uh, sheet that went around?